0: The Hawks have taken another tumble down the ladder, this time falling to Sydney by 7 points at the SCG. It was a tough pill to swallow, but we're back for another Hawk Talk podcast to figure out where it all went wrong and look ahead to the team's trip out west, which may well turn our season around. Welcome one and all, thanks for tuning in. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me is my co-host, who's excited that the team's getting the hell out of New South Wales. G'day, Tiz.
1: G'day, mate. Yep, we're already out. Already in Perth. Just seen Clarko on... Foxtel talking to Robbo and uh, Jared about how, you know, the effort was there, but the
0: skills weren't. That about sums it up. I just want to point out for listeners, if you don't mind, uh, this is what we're affectionately terming a Scotch cast. You are prepared for the occasion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually usually refrain from being the alcohol on the pod, but this week seems appropriate. Anyway, it's the turning point, mate. That's That's what it is, right? We get out of. New South Wales and just like West Coast, off to the West and we'll be seeing Tim
0: O'Brien kick seven like Kennedy did yesterday. It'll be (laughs) terrific.
1: It's all about attitude.
0: I'm going to quote uh, Sam Mitchell on this because I happen to think he's right. He sees the the trip out West as a circuit breaker that the club sorely needs and I think a lot of Hawks fans, myself included, are really pinning a lot of hopes on that being true. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in the...
1: um, in the New South Wales hub, but it hasn't worked for us. There's a lot of questions, hanging over a lot of people now, their careers. Uh, Hendo's back in Victoria, I think, after he damaged his knee. So, had a couple of casualties. Our personnel, we haven't been able to get any consistency there. So, you know, it's going to be tough from here on. But nine weeks left. You've got to decide what you want out of them, really. Do we Do we still aim for finals? Which sounds like Clarko's pretty keen to make finals. We've got Bruce and Impey back on the... Team sheet this week, so they no, will greatly improve just for having them in.
0: But um, the other way you can go is to blood some youngsters. Well, before we move on to what we're going to do next in the West, we uh, we'll see if we can actually salvage something from this game at the SCG. Sydney nine six sixty defeated Hawthorn seven eleven fifty three. Now, this was from Uh Clarkson refused to lay blame on his players' effort levels, saying the foundations were there for a win had the side been able to capitalise on opportunities. We won the clearances, contested possessions inside 50s, and the tackle count against the Swans, Tiz, but uh, just couldn't get the job done in the end. No, it was a good effort, really, but... God, it was frustrating to watch. I think I had my worst Twitter
1: experience on the weekend. For others, obviously. I think I gave out the worst tweets of my Twitter career. <laughs> oh, come on. What makes you say that? Oh, I had a crack at just about everybody, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we could have easily won that game. But uh, now, in the it's not Wednesday, as, as some fans suggested, that we recorded on Wednesday because it took me that long to calm down. <laughs> Um, I think it's possibly good for the group that they lost this close one because I don't think it was a good enough effort to deserve that win.
0: No, of course not. No, it would have been such a hollow victory to escape with the four points. We did not play like we deserved it. And some of the stats, although we did have Sydney's number in a lot of areas, I'm looking at our disposal efficiency. Okay, let's say before I go any further, obviously the conditions weren't great. So we have to keep that in mind. But our disposal efficiency in the game was 15% below our 2020 average. 15% ain't small. Our efficiency inside 50 was around 10% below our 2020 average. We had 25 marks less than our 2020 average and only 3 marks inside 50 for the whole game. So what you're
1: saying is it's a subpar performance performance. I'd hesitate not wanting to
0: say average again. (laughs) (laughs) It was a subpar performance that probably didn't warrant a win, mate, and I know that some people are not going to want to hear that, but I dare say I I would predict most Hawks fans were as frustrated as us. It was not easy watching, and I don't think we deserved the win. And Dane Rampey was excellent.
1: If we'd been able to to, uh, shut him down, or even Lloyd, as we usually spend a lot of time working over Lloyd when we play Sydney, but Dane Rampey with only one hand, fully functional. He was terrific. Got to make mention of him. And at our end, we had Sicily, who was dominating. So it was really the defences that duked this out. And uh, both teams were fairly inefficient going forward, apart from Papley. And uh, and they got a couple of fortuitous free kicks. But um, really, we were struggling to find and identify winners across the ground
0: I thought that we did have some we'll get to them in a sec but the aspects of our game that I thought were okay uh tackles in general were up our, our tackles inside 50 were notable uh one percenters with Frawley and McAvoy with eight Frost Hardwick and Sicily with seven the problem right there it is is that those guys are named not so much McAvoy but he has featured in the back line this year all of those guys are defenders they're putting in the hard work. They're putting in the one percenters because they bloody well have to at the moment. <laughs> they have to fight and scrap for the footy because they're under enormous pressure. I think after Sicily with seven, there was a bunch of players clustered on free, including Will Day. Isn't he a breath of fresh air, uh, Will Day? Talent to burn. He is a breath of fresh air. And I'll tell you what I liked about his game this week. This is his third game in his AFL career. And what I liked about it is in the first half, wasn't cited all that much. Did not have much of an impact. The second half, Tiz, clearly didn't drop his head and he started bobbing up places. And I like to see that from a young player who's got that determination to work themselves into the game and not lose confidence. Well, they did suffocate us for space, didn't they, Sydney? They're
1: very good at that. They've been great at that for, for a long time. And uh, I thought Jagger, Amir and Liam Shields stood up again. I thought they were... Uh, certainly, Shields, obviously, uh, he had a couple of down weeks. We think he's suffering an injury, but uh, he he played as
0: as well as he could, I thought. Absolutely. We had question marks on Liam Shields on this very podcast, and uh, he stepped up with 24 touches, just the 41.7% disposal efficiency, but he had a few mates in that regard around that mark. Five clearances, three score involvements. He led the way in tackles with nine, which I thought was very important. And a lovely goal, and how's this? 547 metres gained. Yeah, not generally his go, but uh, that
1: that's very good effort from him. Only headed by uh, Jager O'Meara with 650,
0: and uh, both of them kicked a goal, which is what we're looking for from our mids. Jager O'Meara also with 25 touches. He led our clearances with nine. Um, no surprise here, my standout will be James Sicily with the 23 touches, 11 contested possessions. He reeled in three of our five contested marks. Um, He's probably the front-runner now for the PCM, right?
1: Oh, yeah, has to be. I mean, Wingard would have been up there early, but he's faded. Uh, 17 touches at 41% disposal efficiency, but still seven scoring involvements. We just didn't make the most of our opportunities, and and Chad seems to lack confidence now in uh, where to kick the ball. Um, I think he was trying to avoid Dane Rampy a couple of times, and uh, anyway, it's uh, you know Burgoyne kicked a good goal. Jack Gunson in his 200th kicked a nice goal, but was well held most of the day. Even saw him defence at times. Eventually, Clarko pushed Sicily forward, and he he came through with a goal. So um, that was very late. What the, when Clarko finally pushed him forward, but. Um, it indicated that he is malleable <laughs> <laughs> that he will
0: he will change the lineup to suit conditions well, it did happen with about ten minutes to go. That was my only issue he didn 't seem to make too many moves up until that point. That was uh, really one of the only identifiable ones for me uh, uh, well, an identifiably big shift in thinking to move one of your best ball users one of your, one of your best players on the day. To move him into the forward line. Paid off in some sense. It got us back into the game. We were a chance to steal it after Sicily's goal. Um, I, I would I would like a little bit more creative thinking with that with that sort of thing throughout the game. I think he left that very late. Yeah, there wasn't a
1: lot to uh to like about our structure. I didn't think he, he made any real changes there. He's just looking for something to um for something to work. I think if he keeps changing stuff he's
0: worried that it'll only get worse.
1: Is that is that what you reckon?
0: Yeah, I do happen to think that. And I think um, that's evident through selection as well. Uh, I, I think people very reasonably had a bone to pick with um, Keegan Brooksby's selection. And well under the big fella, I think he performed admirably for his first game for the club.
1: I thought he was quite good. Although that uh, that kick down the line he did, Gary Lyon, seemed to think that that was the most uh, egregious first touch he'd it's ever a- <laughs> seen in his... Uh- his live-long days, kicking long down the line um, like everyone else in our team had. Apparently, Keegan Brooksby doing that was uh, just just a, what, what would you say, the straw that broke the camel's back? I thought that, oh God, God, I got sick of Gary listening to him. I know he's got a good relationship with Clarko, but geez, he can put it to some of his
0: players. <laughs> he's very critical at the best of times. Uh, Keegan Brooksby, I think, did have a solid hit out for the Hawks. Um... But I would think it would be very reasonable for some of our fans to look at that selection and go, why are we playing a 30, 31-year-old in this side at the moment? And I, I understand the reason. Oh, I have the answer. Okay, I'll, I'll <laughs> defer to you. I, I, rather than me say it. We're going to meet him
1: on Friday, mate. He's uh, running around in the... Uh, what number is he for the Carlton? Doesn't really matter. He's the ruck there. pido left the club and now we don't have much cover in the ruck.
0: Yes, that's part of the answer. The fact is that Segler was out, uh, McAvoy needed support, and then Tim O'Brien was injured. So rather than uh, dismantle the system and the structure that we've been persevering with, uh, that is, tis, the losing one uh, that we've had for the past three, four weeks now, um, he needed to maintain it, Clarko and the coaches, so they put Brooksby in. It's as simple as that. That's why we saw a 30, 31-year-old out there. Um, Will they persist? There's nothing to suggest they're going to change anything about that. Uh, We have to talk about, and I'm sorry, Nick, I have to bring it up. Mitchell Lewis, mate, what's the go? I knew this was coming. Um, I haven't been looking forward to it. (laughs) Uh, What is the go? He played 75% of the game for one kick and one hit out. That's the go, mate, and you can't defend that. I wish I could but I can't... Is the service just too poor for him? Oh, look, I, I think it's pretty clear that the service is horrific, but you can only pass the buck for so long, mate. One touch in a game of footy, or three quarters of a game that he played. Did he have a tackle, mate? You know, I don't think Mitch Lewis committed to a tackle. I, I, I know he committed to a
1: bump. Yes, and I have to point this out because I think that he's having shoulder trouble. He had a reconstruction in the off-season, and I don't think he's... um. He's feeling confident in his shoulder. He's not tackling, and so that's what we're that's what we're seeing with him.
0: It is interesting, isn't it? Because it's the second time in a couple of games that he's been found out in that way. It's more than a second time this year. Now, it's been quite
1: obvious that Mitch Lewis is reluctant to commit to a tackle, um, which he must be under instruction for, I suppose.
0: When I say second time, there are two very major glaring instances I can think of now where he's kind of been in the spotlight, he's had his moment, we need him to crunch a guy, need him to tackle, and he hasn't gone for it, I don't know, I I guess there might be something wrong with him, Um, does he play this week? Depends on who we have available, I think Tim O'Brien still might be out, Um, Sigler might be available, that might change things up, Uh, I don't know mate, I feel bad because He's just so lacking in confidence at the moment
1: Look, it'll turn for him And uh, one of the fellows we've watched it turn for this week, I think Is Harry Morrison, who stepped up I felt he's gone through that low patch of form um, Started off really, really promisingly in his career And uh, just like we've seen probably this last month From um, our best and fairest winner, Warple Who seems to be in a dip, in a trough and uh, hopefully he comes out of it sooner or later. But um, Harry Morrison took a while to come out of it with injuries, and I just think it's part of being a young fella. You uh, you come into the system, um, you're full of enthusiasm, your body's pretty fit, and then you cop a couple of injuries, and you've got to work through that. You've got to process that and keep going. And uh, this'll um, this'll make him a better player. These struggles. And uh, I still hold, you know,
0: a great promise in Mitch Lewis. Oh, preach to the choir, mate. Me too. I hope he can turn it around. This is a huge test for him. Massive adversity to overcome. Um, And he's not alone in that either. I mean... No support up there with him. So he's one out, basically. That's what I mean. I mean, he's meant to be on the weekend. He's meant to be one of the focal points of a forward line that simply isn't functioning right now. And you go back and look at what Tim O'Brien was offering in terms of goal output... And you look at what John Paden, when he was on the park, was offering in terms of goal output. You know, he's got mates, Mitch Lewis. He's a, a victim of a, of a system that's not working too well and probably his own confidence and probably injury history too. So there's a lot working against this young guy. And lack of opportunities. But,
1: you know, it's uh, it seems to have been something that's happened in New South Wales, and I just hope it doesn't follow us over to Perth. It's probably a combination of the grounds... Um, they've always been close games at, at, at Sydney really. Um I thought we'd have the wood over them, they had a lot of injuries out, but it just seemed that they were prepared to lose more than more than we were. And I think their um
0: their aggression with the ball movement was what found us out in the end. It's almost as if uh Longmire and, and indeed his players out on the ground, they kind of worked Hawthorne out in the end. They they just flicked a switch and they went, okay, well, we're going to play this way now and see if this works. And it did. There's a a trend that's beginning
1: to fade, but I've noticed that a lot of the teams that use well-structured, highly thought-out footballing um, plans have really failed during this period because they don't have the time to tweak those plans at training. And a lot of the teams that just... uh, uh, are built for one-on-one contests very little thought goes into the actual game plan and haven't looked that good in pre- previous seasons really um, it's really working for them because chaos loves chaos and uh, this is a chaotic season but now you're seeing a now you're seeing yesterday a West Coast team that's well drilled finally getting back on their home patch and they looked exceptional
0: whereas we're looking like a team that trains in groups
1: yeah well they've they've looked as bad as we have. Let's let's face that they got they got pants by Gold Coast early on.
0: Seeing as you used the opportunity to bring up uh, Mitch Lewis, uh, I don't know if this guy's a favourite of yours, but I think we have to talk about him. I know our listeners would want him discussed on this show. Uh, Tom Scully, fourteen touches at just twenty one point four percent. Disposal efficiency is pretty horrific. He registered seven clangers, Tiz.
1: Yeah, well, it's not much
0: you can say to defend Tom other than he does get the ball. We've just seen from those stats what happens when he gets the ball, though. I think the thing that has bothered me for a number of weeks now, I've tried to overlook it, he's just got no physicality. He's not interested in doing the hard stuff.
1: Look, I noticed early in the season that Tom Scully was making a concerted effort to be more physical. It's not his natural game. And uh, with a drop in confidence, and and the players around him not really being up and about, Tom Scully just doesn't seem to be. Well, let's face it; it looks like he's not tackling as hard as he might. But then again, neither is Smith. And a lot of tackles were broken on the weekend that I would assume,
0: Clarke would be livid about. Tom Scully would dead set shirk a tackle bag at the moment. <laughs> Come on, you can't go this hard the bloke. He's not in the team this week. He definitely
1: is, he definitely is. On the big, wide, oval at Perth, he is on the wing. All right, I'll give you that, but it's really last chance saloon, isn't it? No, there's no one breathing down his neck. You've got to remember, it's very hard for the guys who want to be breathing down his neck to show that they're good enough to get in this side. Now, if he is dropped for Impey, which could happen... It's an awful lot of pressure to put on Impy, I've got to say.
0: It is true. That is the change that I was forecasting. But you're right in saying that. There's a lot of pressure to put on a returning star such as Impy. Uh, we're going to talk specific players uh, according to the listeners now. We're going to take a few questions. We heard from Mark at Hawk Talk Pod. What was Scrimshaw thinking handballing in those last few seconds instead of kicking it into the Ford 50? Uh, he was thinking, I don't want Rampy to mark this. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> his you've nailed it ding 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 that is the correct answer and I'm gonna go easy on Jack Scrimshaw and I'll tell you why he's one of the only players in the entire game for Hawthorne that didn't just slam it onto the boot didn't care where they were putting it they just thought I'll get this as far away from me as possible this will be someone else's problem it's just an elongated version of selling a teammate into trouble that's our game style at the moment There was an element of playing for distance it's true Uh,
1: very much a Neanderthal-type game plan forward of centre, where kick it long and hope for the best was the order of the day. Um, And it just played into their hands wonderfully. They just took possession off the half-back line and did what they wanted.
0: Everything you're saying is 100% true in my eyes, but I would extend it out to the weeks previous as well. Did the same against Melbourne. The only difference was they'd gone up the line and they were able to capitalise on that. I know. It's a problem. We're well aware. It's a real problem.
1: <laughs> but it was but it was more obvious this week because it just never seemed that they wanted to run the ball into the forward fifty due to the wet track underneath. And when you look at the blokes who were near the bottom of the <clears throat> near the bottom of the stats tally, Darren Minchington is one of the fellas that should have been with Wingard kicking into the forward fifty and he never seemed to get near it. Um I'm not sure he gets another chance this week. Probably not with Bruce
0: available, yeah. You think Josh Morris gets retained? I don't know about either debutante, actually. I wouldn't be that shocked if Day or Morris were rested. Maybe both. Because Hanrahan would be getting itchy feet now. All I'm saying, returning back to the question, I think it's a very good question from Mark. I'm sure a lot of other Hawks fans were wondering what the hell Scrimshaw is doing, not wanting to pull the trigger on that kick. But I think that's why. I think he'd seen how the game had played out and he, he didn't want to just dump the ball long. Yeah, he wanted another
1: throw in and to contest it from that, I suppose. Was that the aim? Because our clearance work was
0: pretty good. It was just that we couldn't score from him. I think the aim is when the clock's ticking and you've got the ball in hand and you think, well, this could be the last roll of the dice, you want to make it count. Um, you've seen what happens when you just dump the ball long and then Sydney just absorb. And even, at worst case scenario, mount a counter-attack. So I think maybe he was guilty of just overthinking the moment.
1: I understand all that. I understand that he was cynical to the point of, you know. But to me, I would much rather he took the game on, had that kick, gave us the
0: opportunity right then and there. I mean, it's funny. This is probably one of the only times where that is the kick that you should take. That That's where you should go long and just go for it. Just roll the dice. You see how hypocritical we're being, don't you? No, I don't think it's being hypocritical. I don't think it's being hypocritical at all. I'm giving a justification as to why he chose what he chose. It's the bloke at the back of the play who always seems to yell, kick it, long dickhead.
1: <laughs> yeah, the classic catch cry of, kick it, ah, oh, not there. Yeah, well, it hadn't worked all day, so I can understand it, but also I'm so frustrated that, I'm frustrated that he he didn't have the confidence in our structure, our forward ability, to
0: give them that opportunity of a kick in. You can't blame him. the, The fact is, there was a time and a place for that kick. Scrimshaw was at that time, at that place, but he'd seen what had happened the rest of the game. You can't blame the guy for not feeling confident in what's ahead of him, because... It just simply wasn't working for us. I think we need to move on to another question. This one from Stewie Bro at Hawk Talk Pod: Will Keegs get another game to team with Big Boy? Segs has possibly recovered from his busted toe, but I think Keegs competed really well and could do with another game this year. Segs seems to look at the man too much and not the ball, creating uncertainty with the mids. Yeah, that's certainly been something
1: we've been watching with Segs. He does seem to concentrate on his opponent far too much, but due to the fact that. Keegan Brooksby looked like he was just a, uh, what's the word, swap swap in, swap out kind of player in uh, how Clarko ran him. Um, I don't think that he will play Segs and Keegs together in the same side, even though it might be a good idea due to the fact we don't seem to have any tools in that forward line to run off. And he has taken a couple of de- decent marks um, in the practice matches we've seen in packs, and he's just a big boy.
0: he'd be the second big boy, as it were. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, which, well, I mean, what it is is a presence. And uh, what, we, what we want is someone who can bring the ball to ground to our small forwards. And uh, that's all and Gunston and um, Morris want, isn't it? They just want the ball brought to ground. And uh, Patton was able to do that for some time. He wasn't beaten in the air too readily. And uh, that's what Mitch Lewis needs to bring. And uh, I think Keegan, being so tall, he can probably do it as well.
0: I imagine if Segler's available, then it's just a straight straight swap. Uh, Segler will come in and Keegan will go out. Um, but whichever way they decide to go with it, I guess we'll wait and see. I don't mind either way. Question we received from Jordan at Hawk Talk Pod: It has to be time to move on from Silk. Resigning him as opposed to letting him go to the Gold Coast is definitely seeming like an oversight. Well... You know, yes and no, Jordan. I mean, that decision around his re-signing was not based with pandemic circumstances in mind. There's been a lot this year that was not predicted. Um, If we knew, I wonder if it would have changed our decision. But also, you can't underestimate the kind of leadership and guidance he's offering. I just love the idea of that. Psst, hey, Clark, next year there's a pandemic
1: coming. (laughs) Just thought it might influence your decision on Burgoyne.
0: (laughs) I have several questions. This is my first. Sean Burgoyne, what do you reckon?
1: <laughs> and uh, probably good to invest in some toilet paper, by the way. Because, as we know, it never comes back.
0: Never restocked.
1: Now, uh, I was talking to Sean, we're on first-name basis, of course, <laughs> uh, before the grand final last year, and uh, I said, you know, Gold Coast, how was it? And... Um, have you see you see him in the media sometimes he uh he gets asked a question and he's got a no coming and he just he just started shaking his head you know? <laughs> I could feel the the no welling in him, and then a smile came up and he said, yeah no i'm I'm glad I've got a new contract and I thought, oh, fantastic, you know and uh that that
0: still swells in my in my chest. We get to the list now. We had a few questions about the state of Hawthorne's list. We heard from Paul at Hawk Talk Pod. Is it too early to talk about list changes at the end of the season? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, because it could be an absolute exodus depending on what changes are enforced on, on every club. I, I'd say, especially now, it's not too early. And I'd say, in any given season, mate, we're all always kind of got an eye on these things. Imagine you have a, um, a season ending knee injury or something. <laughs> it's
1: just. Shambolic situation, really, isn't it? Shocking to be to be that guy and uh, not know whether your career is going to be curtailed due to lack of opportunity. And then there's other guys that are on our list, like Jackson Ross, who doesn't seem like he will get an opportunity to show off uh, his wares to not only our club, but to any suitor at, at any other club.
0: Yeah, kind of just fallen through the cracks at this point, which is incredible to think of the year he had last year, and now now he's not getting a look-in with Hawthorne, and as you say, there is the risk that he, he just isn't seen by any other club.
1: Uh, and this, I think, is the crux of it. Nick asks, just a random question, do we realistically think we can win a Premiership with this group of players? And if not, who do we need to bring in? Well, we're, we're, we've got that as a subject on one of our Patreons, actually. In uh, We forecast the team in 2022, um, which, of course, is the... Hawthorne Premiership side (laughs) and uh, we just look at where we have Will Day and where we have our first round pick from the end of this year and what position they're in and how on earth did we get Max Gorn out of Melbourne which is a terrific
0: (laughs) you wish
1: you (laughs) would love it oh look um we do have a staggered list don't we we have a lot of young players we have a few in the early 20s and then we have a Twenty-six-year-olds, where Jager and um, Tom Mitchell are, and then we're up into the thirties pretty quickly after that. And uh, it's not a very balanced list, but what it means is that if you have three years to those young, that young core, we're back in the we're back in
0: the window again, as long as they're good enough obviously. Well, that is the issue, essentially. You're adding three years of time, but you also need to add three years of experience. And we're currently not seeing too many of those guys actually be rewarded with that experience. I know obviously this year is, uh, we've got extenuating circumstances to deal with, but it's a question of actually putting the time into these guys to see where they are going to be by 2022. I thought ahead of time, I thought ahead of this season that we were at least going to be contenders Uh, Do I think we can win a premiership with this group group of players? Well, now I'm not so sure. Um, (laughs) It's hard to know at the moment. I I think, uh, as most Hawks fans will, update their answer to this question as time goes on. Um, I knew where I stood before, and I'm not
1: sure now. If we go back to the end of last year, we were all pretty wrapped with how well the team was going. And we get into the start of this year, and we've beaten Richmond and Brisbane, and we're thinking, how good is this? It's only our time in New South Wales that has really buggered us. Four losses on the trot. Can we come back from that? It's as
0: mental as it is physical now. It is. It is. And I think, as I referred to before, Sam Mitchell's words that this is a circuit breaker, I think he could be completely right. This could be, and fingers crossed, mate, a month-long hiccup. (laughs) It could be all it is um unfortunately when you have a a month is a long time in a shortened season but uh we have a real opportunity here this could be the thing that turns our season around just having a big change of scenery change of ground uh just a change of mindset i think you're so right that it is quite psychological at this point now we heard from wiley as well at hook talk pod uh it hurts to ask this He begins, uh, but channeling the ruthless Clarko, the one that moved on Lewis and Mitchell, if we're really going to rebuild, would you be willing to trade Shields if it netted us a second or third round pick? It would free up an inside mid spot for Jones or Cousins.
1: Um, Basically, we have uh, loaded up on inside mids, it seems, and we have a lack of outside mids. So I'm pretty sure that Clarko would definitely trade an inside mid if he if he could get what he required.
0: I think we're at that point where you need to start entertaining this stuff at the very least. You need to start brainstorming what you can do. Uh, if it were me in charge, obviously I wouldn't say definitively one way or the other yet, but I think it's okay of Wiley to at least spitball this. It's exactly what the club needs to be doing. That is what we were talking about last week, exactly
1: what, we ha- what do we have on our list that can garner us some advantage at
0: other clubs and You know it could be by the end of the year That uh, Shields is still going great guns Or it could go the opposite way You just don't know We're middle of the season Smack bang in the middle Too early to know at this stage But I think it is very wise To keep your head on a swivel And know You know Could this be a possibility You've got to think about these things We're onto the ad? We're onto the ad mate It's half time And when we come back We'll be previewing our next game Against Carlton On the Friday night At Optus Stadium All right, mate. Favourite name for a review coming up right now. This is excellent. This is an Apple Podcasts uh, review courtesy of HawkDork. (laughs) Good stuff, they write uh, Great podcast men, still interesting to hear what you guys have to say Even after recent poor form P.S. you guys should do some sort of audio commentary Over the next finals game that the club plays Well we've still got the 2015 prelim to do the call on for YouTube
1: That's coming up
0: That will be coming up because indeed we are playing Fremantle soon So I thought we'd time it out with that Tiz, what do you reckon? Yeah, it's an excellent game we had another review here from Danny. The community that the Hawk Talk podcast lads have created is awesome to be involved with. To be able to ride the bumps with a grin with fellow Hawks from week to week is brilliant. Keep up the good work, gents. Well, thank you very much, Danny. Thank you, Hawk Dork. We actually have uh, two more reviews I want to read, but I think we might save it for the sign-off. That is Apple Podcasts if you want to rate and review us. We're also on Twitter, as you know, at Hawk Talk Pod. This community, tis it enriches supporting Hawthorne. I really love chatting to the people on Twitter who support our show. Uh, Facebook is busy as always. Love chatting with those people as well. Facebook.com slash Hawktalkpod and Patreon, as always. Uh, Patreon.com slash Pod And you've been working away on some very special bonus content, Tiz.
1: Uh, yeah, that's been a bit of a uh, fun distraction during this time. Um, the first premiership and all the heartache, pain and anger that went into getting that. I think is important at times like this, when the club seems to be at a low ebb and there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, we can look back, and I was actually this will be a little bit strange, but I was I was looking through what actually happened in '61 worldwide. Oh right, and uh, we think that we're living in some strange times. Well, back then, some of the events that were going on were just as were just as strange, and off the back of uh, the world war just being 15 years prior, you wonder if. People had just about had enough, to be honest. So um, it's not always easy. And I think Danny's very much correct in his review there. The part where it says, ride the bubs with a grin, is um, is something we'll probably have to do this week against Carlton, who seem to be coming out of their rebuilding phase at long, 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 <laughs> long last.
0: And lastly before we get back to the show A very special shout out to Isaac Who just turned 7 G'day mate if you're listening to this And from both of us here at the Hawk Talk Podcast We hope you had a very happy birthday Go Hawks Hopefully the team will get a win this Friday night And make it a fantastic week all round Anyway that's going to be the halftime break We'll come back and talk about our clash against Carlton <laughs> Selection this week mate It's going to be an interesting one Four losses on the trot now it's not been a fun time, it's not been a fun month What can we do at the selection table to turn this around? Apparently Bruce and Impy will be available We'll wait to see if that's confirmed The question is,
1: does Clarko take out experience or does he
0: take out youth? I'm very excited for 6.20pm Thursday mate, I'm actually really looking forward to it I think Clarko still believes that we can get into finals from here I, I sensed that
1: in his interview tonight I think he still has belief in this group, and uh, when he said that um, I'll never have any regrets about you know being as loyal as I am to my players, I think that speaks to them, and it says I've got your back, and there's not a lot of coaches
0: that act that way. We heard from James at Hawk Talk Pod. Can you pick the top five names who people want dropped, and give us a kid who replaces them and why? So, uh,
1: what do you, you give me, oh, I'll take three and that'd be Tom Scully, uh, Minchington and probably Mitch Lewis. Quite frankly, without doing all this charades, the, we don't have the kids to replace these guys very quickly. Oh, not all at once. No, you can't, you can't do all five. Certainly Mitch Lewis, Emerson
0: Jagger isn't ready,
1: uh. And indeed, it seems Mitch Lewis doesn't have the confidence at the moment.
0: And O'Brien's injured anyway, so you can't bring him straight back in. And Patton's injured.
1: Tom Scully, we've got a couple of wingmen. Mm -hmm. Um, Moore would be the first one to put his hand up. And then McGuinness, they might get the nod. Sean Burgoyne, Hanrahan, obviously would be the one there. He could come in and give us something. Whether it's the... Expertise of Burgoyne and being able to tell the players exactly where they should be and what they should be doing at all times, which is what he's there for. He's a mentoring role.
0: At the risk of flogging a dead
1: horse, I'd have Stratton in that fight. And Stratton could easily be replaced with someone like. Uh... No. <laughs> <laughs> You've done that deliberately. There's Hartley. There's Hartley back there. Yeah, no, I thought Hartley. But as I say, I, I've got Ben Stratton's back to some extent because. This bear patch was bound to happen and uh, to blame it on the captain who exerts the least control over the game of anybody out on that park
0: is pretty rough. Probably shouldn't be captain then, Tiz. Probably shouldn't be captain if you're not going to influence a game. Well, it's too late for that. (laughs) That it is. That it is.
1: Part of me does ask, uh, is this a situation where someone has to walk into Clarko's office and tell him that the game plan... Ain't working, buddy. Are we about to have that? History repeating itself.
0: Yeah, history would repeat. Uh, what is the game plan, Tiz, if you don't mind me asking? I don't know. That's, uh, that's sacrosanct. I'm not putting that on the podcast.
1: Obviously, I know what the game plan is. <laughs> uh, but I'm not allowed to tell anybody.
0: Classic. Otherwise, they would know how to beat us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! We heard from Wiley at Hawk Talk Pod. How many veterans do you think we could drop to blood the kids without doing a Melbourne and still having some senior guidance to teach them? Who should they be? Kind of following on from James's question there. Uh, I don't think you do five all at once, and I don't suggest that that's what James was recommending either. But I, I'll look, maybe two, two or three at any given time. Uh, You've got to remember, the side at present still has some young guys. We still have Day and Morris in there. Do you think anyone would listen to me if I said, let's keep McAvoy and Segler
1: forward or centre? You know, either in the ruck or in the forward line, just
0: rotating through as twin pillars and giving Mitch Lewis a chop out? That's the Hawthorne of old, mate. That's Hawthorne last year. We're not doing that anymore. I don't know why. Some Sometimes I'm just not sure why. If the game plan isn't obvious or isn't working
1: this weekend on a pitch on an oval that I suggest is better for our style of football in the sunny climes of Western Australia, then I think Clarko hits the panic button and we see big changes.
0: I absolutely agree with you there. Uh, We heard from View from the Nosebleeds at Hook Talk Pod. After a loss last year to North, we had the snow game. Before that game, Clarko said that they needed to get back to just having fun. They even had a few beers in the rooms post-game. Is it time Clarko threw off the shackles and just went back to basics and let guys have fun? This is something I've been
1: thinking about. We know that Hawthorne has some of the lowest number of hours actually spent at the club. Uh, It's something they do to show their respect for their professional players. Um, Melbourne and I think Richmond have a huge number of hours spent actually on site. Uh, But Hawthorne say, you're a... A young man first, you need to find other things in your life to do, and you're also a professional footballer, which is something Luke Hodge rejected, and he said, "Look, if I fail at footy, I don't want to. Pro- I probably don't want to be a banker, to be honest. So I'm just going to concentrate on footy, if you don't mind." Um, which worked out for him, right? So they are a little malleable, but now they're stuck together in Coogee. In the middle of a pandemic, how do you think it would be tough?
0: It was my thoughts exactly. There's probably um, quite a few elements that are not too fun for them right now. And
1: as we were talking before, there's a bit of a disjoint between the like you got Berg on there, thirty-seven. I don't know who he hangs around with, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> even the thirty-year-olds would be you know a little bit wary of hanging out with the old dude. <laughs> then you got another four-year gap, and yeah, and then you got the younger fellas again, and it would be weird. Like a like a school camp that just didn't end.
0: <laughs> Which uh, I can empathise, because all the school camps I've ever been on, I've wanted to end immediately.
1: They were great the first couple of days, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you wake up to yet another Milo that's just exclusively water.
1: Oh, I tell you what, my favourite thing was someone... There's some, there was some special pink string. I never saw it because some kid hid it because he didn't want to go abseiling, which was the highlight of that trek, right? So someone ditched the... And we couldn't go abseiling. We had to walk down it instead. Kid out of fear of heights. We all knew who it was, but we weren't allowed to like, have a go at him. And the other thing that happened on that camp was someone used all the milk powder on the first morning. <laughs> So we had Weedabix
0: with water for the
1: entire
0: week. Did you get it served just slopped onto steel trays? (laughs) Sounding a little bit dystopian. Fantastic noodles saved my life. I dare say the clue was in the title for that one. I hid them at the bottom
1: of my pack on the way up, and uh, I was very popular by the end. No cooking required, either. <laughs> this sounds horrendous. Ah, it's the making of you. And it could be the making of our team. They could
0: gel at some point and we just oh. wipe
1: someone off the park.
0: What a smooth link back to the footy that was. That is one of your finest.
1: Anyway, I'm excited for Carlton. You're excited for the game against Carlton? I think they think they're better than they are. I mean, we only needed a half to beat them and we gave them a pretty, pretty decent lead last year. So we've had our warnings.
0: Yeah, uh, we have had our warnings, it's true, against Carlton in recent times. I think Carlton have come along very nicely. I, I think they're in a good position at the moment. Um, the fact that it's suddenly at Perth, it just throws everything into chaos. I think it's going to be uh, a very unpredictable game. I like our chances now that we've changed things up. Now that we've relocated, I think I'm feeling a lot better about Hawthorne, a lot more optimistic. Um all I'm trying to say, Tiz, to is, is it's it's really difficult to predict, as a lot of games are at the moment, which flows very nicely into Mason's Multi.
1: Oh, yes. We forgot to do it last week. And we had to release it on Twitter. Uh, let me just bring that up because it, uh, your genius did work again. <laughs> so now begins Football Bonanza. Uh, we have Tuesday night off, and then it's absolute mayhem until we can get our breath back at the end, right? So Wednesday evening... I don't know how the multis are going to work. This is going to be fascinating. The poor betting companies. The poor betting companies. <laughs> <laughs> really. Wednesday night, Western Bulldogs versus Richmond up at Metricon. Should
0: be a good game, this. I'm um, going to tip the dogs. Thursday night, Melbourne versus Port
1: Adelaide. Um, I'm going to go Port Adelaide. Uh, Friday evening, 5.40 in the afternoon. Carlton versus Hawthorne from Optus Stadium.
0: Now, we've got two games on Friday evening, the other one being Essendon versus the Lions. Can I get them both wrong, Tiz? That is the question. I don't think that's beyond you at all. (laughs) All right. Well, let's assume that the curse is in double effect. Uh I'm going to tip Carlton and Essendon. Uh Saturday, North versus Adelaide. God, that's going to be an absolutely woeful game to watch. Um North Melbourne, St Kilda versus the Swans. St Kilda. Eagles versus the Cats.
1: Uh the Eagles. Suns versus Giants at Metricon on the Sunday arvo. I'll go the Giants. And the Dockers round out the week on the Sunday evening playing Collingwood. Collingwood for mine. And then Monday. Port Adelaide versus the Western Bulldogs. Hang on, that's next round. Oh, you want me to stop now? Okay, I thought we'd just do the whole lot. A 30-leg multi, and uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) if you land it, we retire. Wow. (laughs) We almost would. Honestly, the amount of payout from a single dollar from that many games, I reckon we would retire. Anyway, we must move on as we look to wrap up the show. Just a couple of final questions. We heard from the Fishman uh, at Hook Talk Pod. What music would be played for each individual when they kick a goal? All
1: right, you know that bouncy noise that Pepe Le Pew does when he's sort of approaching his love? I want that to accompany the skunk Minchington. <laughs> <laughs> Called the skunk due to his hair.
0: Not strictly uh, music, but a noise, sure. If anyone knows uh, Sure Shot by the Beastie Boys for, for Luke Bruce, I think it would be fantastic. Look it up, kids at home. <laughs> this old man's down with the rap music. Is, is that rap, is it? Okay. <laughs> oh, the best response. <laughs> I could not have asked for a better response. Oh, We are just two old white men who know nothing. <laughs> this is all we have in our toolkit, listeners. We, we know a bit about the Hawks, but then not much else, it looks like. Maybe Jurassic Park. Maybe handle if Hanrahan ever gets back in the side, you've got a couple of things lined up for him that are of a musical nature. He's bought us some time there, has Ollie, so that's good of him. That'll be all <laughs> that we have for this week for the Hawk Talk podcast. Uh, I did say I want to get to some uh, reviews, just some other ones we had on Apple Podcasts. Uh, of course, if you do love the show, hit us up there with five stars. We heard from Yaseeth Del Alwis. Now I am. Almost certain I've murdered the pronunciation of that name, so please forgive me. They write, been listening to the podcast for years, I couldn't think of a better way to listen to people talking about footy, specifically Hawthorne footy, with a clear, level-headed and detailed discussion, unlike the cesspool that is the AFL media. Cheers boys, keep it up. That's a good phrase. I like that cesspool part. And we heard from Tress Sydney. Uh, Nick and Tiz are so funny. Look forward to each week's match debrief and preview. Keep the lighthearted analysis up, boys. Great entertainment. Well, I think, uh, Tress, that we we did finish with a bit of a flurry there. We found our good spirits. Or in the case of Tiz, he started with scotch. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) uh twitter at hawk talk pod follow us over there and be part of a great community of fans and you can do so on facebook which is also building nicely facebook.com slash hawk talk pod and patreon is the big one for us your support makes this show what it is it means that tiz can devote some time researching the 61 flag it means that i can catch up to all the amazing work he's doing when i get time but either way we're able to bring you bonus content by you supporting the show and uh able to make time in our lives to uh, do what we love doing, and that is putting out this podcast on a weekly basis. Yeah, and talking about the club we love, and uh, why we love it, and how
1: much we're going to love it in the future, because uh, hashtag always, after all this is over, we'll still have the club, we'll go back to the footy, and this
0: will all be a blip. History shows, mate, that Hawthorne doesn't languish for too long.
1: Uh, We're living in the anomaly at the moment, and if Hawthorne can find what they were doing before we got to bloody New
0: South Wales... Then everything could be much brighter in a month. And we'll be there. The Hawk Talk Podcast is gonna be there either way, so we look forward to that. Riding the bums with a grin, Tiz. That's what we do here on the podcast. Now, Tiz, we've had a bit of a musical motif in recent weeks, and I see no reason to discontinue that, and I know just the song to play. It's Sure Shot by the Beastie Boys. I really do like aggressive poetry. (laughs) That has been the Hawk Talk Podcast for another week. We are a happy team at Hawthorne. (laughs)